Welcome to another episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. Thanks so much for joining me this week with Ride. So there's always something for everyone on Crazy Train. And as you know, I have a pretty good you know, variety of guests. And I feel that everyone should be able to have a voice on here because I don't cancel people. I'm not that sensitive. You know, I encourage people to speak their minds, especially in today's society. And I also believe in sometimes burying the hatchet for the sake of entertainment. You know, I kind of feel bad sometimes when I beat the living crap out of Misha Montana with my kendo stick in XPW Wrestling. So I decided, hey, let's, um, you know, maybe we should just have a chit chat and see if there are things that we agree on, things we like and so forth. So just for the sake of my listeners, I decided to bring on Miss Misha Montana as my guest today on Crazy Train Podcast. So without further ado, Miss Misha Montana. About and what we think. This is right. so funny having like having you on the podcast right after we were like in a ring rolling around in glass and you know beating. I'm, <laughs> I know it's not funny. I'm sure people are going to be like, "Oh, what is happening?" Like, yeah. I agreed to let our uh, bygones be bygones. <laughs> yeah. Go on, you got me so good. I know we'll take it to the ring. We'll take it to the ring. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. that was crazy. I was, was so crazy. You're like taking photos with welts. I'm almost thinking that like you're somehow into this and I should be getting paid from you directly to do that. Honestly, I was uh, thinking the same thing because it was kind of a trick. Like I actually like that shit. So the joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get paid a penny. I love before. it. I know this is crazy. But what even got you into wrestling? Because the first time I see you at XPW, like I knew you were going to be there. Then I see you at XPW wrestling. And then I see you posting never did I think in my younger years, and it was a photo with me and Veronica Kane. So how did this whole wrestling come about in your life? Did it find you? Did you seek it? You know, to be completely honest, I never like even was into wrestling until about two years ago. Ivan's the one who got me into it because he's been one so involved with XBW, but he was a WWE fan. He's an AEW fan. He's been involved with loving wrestling his whole life. And so, you know, being around him so much, it kind of started to transfer over to me like you know when your boyfriend's watching football and you're pretending not to watch the game and then you kind of start getting emotionally attached so i started to love it myself like and the more i watched it and you know the more i loved it like i started to bug him like can we watch dark side of the ring um you know who's wardlow going to go against tonight in AEW? like i've been so involved in and wrestling over the last year, particularly just as a fan. And I never thought in a million years, like the way that it all happened and transpired was when Rob brought back XBW, he asked Ivan to be a part of the photography in it. And, you know, obviously with, with us being porn related in the crossover from extreme and in your time, that was part of their, the whole thing. So I kind of, I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to, be involved with something that I truly love and to have that crossover there. I never imagined in a million years that it would be what it is. Like, I love it. I mean, my, you know, my passion 
is definitely rustling over even porn now. Um, I and I watched, you know, you and Veronica are just absolutely legendary icons to me in both respects, you know. So it's I'm so grateful to be like learning from you guys, even though you beat me up all the time. And um, but I, I I love it. Like I I love the wrestling stuff so much. I'm so excited to see where it goes. And you know, we've got some big plans coming. So. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's just, it's weird because I didn't know if I'd ever talk to Rob again. And you did see Dark Side of the Ring. Now, was that before or after you met Rob? Before. Okay. Actually. Yeah. I knew all about Rob before. um, And watching Dark Side of the Ring was really interesting because we're watching it with Ivan, who was a part of that entire story. Like, he would have been a good person to interview for that, too. Um, But, you know, Watching Dark Side was, they're always slanted in a certain way. You know, they, they're trying to paint this picture of somebody that, you know, isn't necessarily a good representation of who they are. And I, I was always, I've always wanted to meet Rob. And this, I had no idea he was going to bring XPW back at the time that I saw Dark Side. So when he was going to bring it back, I was like, I absolutely. Absolutely, would love to fucking be a part of that. One hundred, like I would love to be involved in this, in whatever way possible. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing I said at first too. Then, like here I am, years later, just getting back into this whole thing, and it's fun because, like, I like working with younger talents such as yourself because it's a very, it's a tough thing. Like, were you expecting to be mistreated, or maybe like, what were your expectations when you? went back to XPW and then you found out, oh, okay, well, I'll be working with Jasmine and Veronica or I'll be doing this and doing that. Like, is, did it meet your expectations? Oh, 100%. It actually exceeded my expectations because when I first started doing it, I didn't really realize, like, I thought it was cool enough to just be involved as even like, to be featured in a promo and have nothing to do with the stories or, you know, to be uh, Schlock's valet was so cool. And then, I mean, I, I wanted to have always wanted to be involved in it more physically and, you know, to be involved in the actual matches and the whole storylines and everything else. Like I want to be as involved as possible. And it's like when working with you guys, I was like, this is the coolest fucking opportunity I've ever had in my whole life you know, to, for us to do this, it's like, it's so cool. And I know you, you know, you wear many hats and all the businesses and projects that you have, like, I know it means the world to you too. Like there's just something about it. It's just so magnetic and fulfilling and uh, you get a total rush from it in a way that you don't get from other things. Yeah. Well, maybe a toxic relationship or something. Or sure. Like some yeah. kind of really that's, toxic that's relationships are fun. <laughs> Let's get real about that. <laughs> now, did you find it? Were you obviously you started off oh, with I the, loved what? Toxic. Toxic relationships? Huh? I was like, I was like, oh, I love toxic relationships. I we love, love those. I don't think people understand it. It just seems like people don't get like when you have a toxic relationship, it's kind of fun because it keeps the shit going and going. Maybe that's why I like unstable men for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I'm all about a toxic relationship any day of the week. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah. You hear that guys, girls, uh, 
The more toxic, the better. I know that's uh, yeah, it blows up in your face and then it ends up like with a restraining order or some shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yep, those are the ones, the favorites. <laughs> well, you exist in the subculture of wrestling. Um, porn is also a subculture. How did you get involved in porn? And did you face a lot of challenges being tatted up at that time? You know, I, I've been doing sex work for about 10 years. I finally started to jump into industry porn and got the courage enough to do it about two years ago, you know, dead smack in the middle of the pandemic. Great timing. Um, but when I got in, the only company that would hire me because I am coming from the corporate world and the old fashioned way, like I send really professional emails to companies, you know, which no one does. Um, and I never, I was never able to get an agent. Um, I went through all the agencies. They, they politely declined um, taking me on. And I was frustrated. I didn't even know, like, I didn't realize, like, which I think people don't realize how difficult it is to actually get into the industry side of porn. And I was lucky enough that responded to my email and how I got brought on just into porn in general, into mainstream industry porn. I, um, I was brought on through Alterotic and, you know, kind of the rest of this history with that. I became uh, the chief brand officer and production manager and only female director for them as well as the unofficial uh, contract star for them and all these wonderful things. And it really elevated my career just being with them. And they're the only company that highlights tattooed models. I've had people, uh, agents, I actually lost, I got an agent after the fact. I was dropped by that agency because of the tattoos. Um, I've had directors and producers say like, I'm trying to get you into some of these scenes and they just won't go for it. Um, which is crazy. People have this misconception that, you know, tattoos are so wildly popular and people, you know, these beautiful tattoo models are, you know, have huge followings and very successful, but it's like crossing in, it's still the same that it was 20 years ago for the most part. Like it is extremely difficult to be tattooed in this industry, which people don't believe at all, but it is like completely, which is unfortunate super unfortunate <laughs> yeah i mean when i was leaving the business there were only two girls that were tatted up uh tara patrick and mm -hmm. janine lynn muller and now it's like everyone i just had ebony mystique on the show she's african -American, i love her and she's gorgeous and she's tatted up but you girls seem to you know do okay for yourselves and yeah yeah you really do and do you uh did you watch porn growing up i never did actually i'm not a big consumer myself i never really watched it i um i watched obviously like everyone else i watched pirates and like i knew who people were like i knew who you were i knew who veronica was i knew like jenna jameson stormy and you know a lot of the bigger name girls i always knew them for being like more of the public figures than necessarily um watching their actual physical scenes I never was like aroused by porn. Like I have, I'm a very like mental visual person. So like, even when I'm masturbating or like, even to get me like to come, like while I'm having sex like, with someone, I'm visually in my mind. Like I don't need um, actual visuals to, to make to myself get there. So 
I've never really consumed it. Once in a while, I'd watch it. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm into is like the bondage and uh, BDSM stuff. That's if I'm watching something, that's what I like to watch. But for the most part, I don't. I actually watch more porn now, and it's really just analytically, you know, going through my scenes and being like, hmm, I don't really like that part right there. Like, it's not a <laughs> professional purposes these days. Don't you think it's weird seeing yourself when you're even going through it for analytical purposes? Sometimes it, you know, it used to be weird where it was like cringe. I can't like watch myself, but I like I'm so detached from the emotional investment in it that it's like I really just look at it for what it is, and I critique myself probably more than than anything too where it's like god i wish you wouldn't have done that like or you know your face looks like shit there what are you doing um or there's times where i'm like well this is fire like i love this you look great you killed that shit so um i enjoy like going through them and watching it but it doesn't like rouse me in a sense like it's more just strictly business it's brought so much into this emotional connection that doesn't necessarily exist. I mean, rarely, if ever. And it, you have to understand that it's a performance. And, you know, you and I understand that, but a lot of people on the outside just get so caught up with, they blur the line between reality and fantasy so much that they forget that, like, we are performing, we are, we are actors, you know. So it is so heavily business minded for me but it always has been and i enjoy the performance of it i love hearing people's feedback and when they enjoy something it's great then we just make it better the next time um but i love it i love porn so much like i really do love what we do um i'm very very happy with it but i'm happy with it because i can control my content now um most of the projects i either write or have like a direct hand in myself where a lot of people don't have that so not getting booked a lot for big huge companies is actually a blessing for me because then i get to make my the stuff that i want to make and that i'm comfortable doing and good at doing like there's so much stuff in the industry now that i hear from people and that i've seen where they're in uncomfortable situations and they don't have control of the narrative as much as they would like, you know, and they feel pressured to do things they don't like, they still do it. It's still ultimately their choice. But, you know, I, I like being in the little alterotic bubble. Like being in alt porn is definitely a huge blessing for me. I love it. Yeah, I could totally tell by the way you talk about it. I, I mean, we, it's a shame because back then we didn't know, well, obviously we didn't have the internet. We didn't have OnlyFans. We didn't have all these great ways to capitalize on it, you know? And some Goomba sitting in freaking Rhode Island has the rights to right. movies. Right. Huh? You're frozen, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah. I'm no. sorry, I didn't freeze. Okay. Um, no, it's, cr it's crazy the way it, we've actually, you know, the progress with having creators be in control of their content has just been substantial. Um, and, you know, it gives us individual ability to, you know, make money outside of companies where you're not reliant on those companies the way it used to be. Um, obviously, working with them still, it enhances your brand 
and your image and the widespread promotion that they can give you. Um, but ultimately, like having your own content really is king these days in a much different way than it was years ago. But I actually like I prefer working with companies because in my mind, like being an iconic porn star, you're on a box cover. You know, you're not in your living room, like doing content sweats, like, and that's all great and fine. But like, I always wanted to be that figure that, you know, that you are like, where it's, you're the porn star, you're the glamorous box cover girl, like, that's what I wanted to be. So I have a hard time separating from like, the industry and like the content stuff, like, because I would always choose to prefer to be in the industry than to make content too, if that makes sense. It seems like there could be a happy medium. Um, oh, by the way, when I was looking through your photos, I think there was some really hot guy in the photo. I forgot who it was. Which one? I don't know. He was cute. He was too old, though. He was like 28 or 20, whatever he was. But um, I know he's too old. For <laughs> <laughs> you know, some men took actually people took offense to that, like grown men took offense to him. I think it's funny. I mean, there's a I think it's great. Exactly. They're I have a friend who's like 50 that told some 20 year old girl that she was too old. <laughs> and yeah, he's not even it's good okay when they do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Screw them. Yeah, guys. Yeah. You hear that? <laughs> Yeah, you're too old. Oh, wait, you're 27, baby. You're getting up there. Like, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, you want a young, dumb, and full of cum. That's, like, the perfect, perfect fucking little boy toy. That's yeah, the right. perfect age. And they're 20s. It's so funny. I love you so much. Well, we're a death match, uh, even if he's married. But um, anywho, so I didn't say that. <laughs> side note. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Side note. Okay, side note. Truth. Yeah. It's true. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we don't know about that. No, yeah. we don't know about that. Yeah, we have no idea about this show. We would never do that, right? Never, but, never. <laughs> so you seem to do, be doing really good with your own content and just doing your whole thing with your appearances. Do you feature dance as well, or did you not? I, I have been, actually. Okay. I did. Um, I love featuring. I was so nervous about it. So what's, what's funny is, like, you know, I, I public speak a lot, and I do these panels and interviews and all these different things but i was so nervous about feature dancing that was the thing where i was like is this seriously this is the thing that you're gonna freak out about and here's why because i like i've never was a dancer like i never was and i'm not good at it and so i don't do pull tricks like i'm up that fucking pole there's no way like and i was so nervous that i was gonna eat shit or then like i had to be up there for 15 minutes and i'm like what am i gonna do for 15 minutes up here like i can't do anything cool you know so i was so nervous about it but it ended up being like great and i love doing them now like that once you get the first one out of the way like everything's like for the most part smooth sailing from there I love featuring. Featuring is one of my favorite things to do now too. Like absolutely love it. I had such a blast doing it. So I enjoy that. And I enjoy, you know, doing appearances at the conventions and meeting the fans. And um, I like interacting with people. Like that's the biggest part that I get the most joy out of is to be able to like meet people. And I still am at that point where I know at some point it might wear off, but it's like, I love meeting people and having them be excited to meet you like that's such a cool thing that i think we kind of take for granted sometimes when you get like you know conditioned 
to it happening so much. Like, but I love it. I'll never ever not like inter- um, engaging with with fans for sure. Like, even with XBW, like I love the meet and greets. I love that stuff. Like, it, it's fulfilling, and everything that we do is validated at the end of the day. How long have you been involved in adult films? Really, only about like in industry side about two years, but on and off I did like print for ten years and then uh, switched over to video probably about like three years ago. So not a terribly long time. But what's crazy is my career in the first technical year in the industry went so huge that people and and I'm old, so there's that. So people like assume that I've been in it for like way longer than I've been in. And I really haven't. I'm still kind of like, I'm still considered like a uh, new performer of the year. Like I wouldn't, I wasn't even eligible for it last year. So, and that was the biggest year that I had was my first year. And this year was great following that. So, you know, my career was, the track was sped up substantially. Like I think I accomplished about 10 years worth of work in one year uh, with brand building. And, but that's what, like, I think it's so important, you know, that you either kind of get it or you don't in this business, you know, where I'm glad I waited till I was older to get into it and had, you know, a career in politics and had all these life experiences to get into it. Because if I was 18, I would not have been as successful. Like my hats off to these girls that, get in at that age and can handle themselves with grace and financially, you know, take care of themselves and plan for the long term. Like it's a difficult business to be in. I mean, you know, mentally, financially, emotionally, there's a lot involved in it. So I always say to people like, you know, really thinking about your brand is the most important thing that you can do. You're a living, breathing brand. Um, you have to pour everything into that. So everything that I can do to build my brand, I do. And I've been very successful in doing so. So I'm grateful for that too. Yeah, that's awesome. And I get the whole thing, just doing a lot like within a year. I existed in that whole thing for like maybe two and a half, three years. And Ben just got out. Right. Like, cold turkey. It was, it was easy because I liked wrestling. I liked wrestling more. <laughs> but yeah. I wrestling. Rob was the reason like he gave me that leeway out. Like we didn't know what was what we were doing, but he was basically my ticket out in a way. Not that I was looking right. for to get out. I just wanted to get out somehow or another. Um I just didn't know exactly how. Now, did you just win an award at the Urban X Award Show? Because I saw all these photos on your page and like all the alternative models pages. I'm like, what? Like, what is this? Did Did you win something? Or I know you were nominated. You had to be. I was nominated. I was honored to be nominated. I was nominated for uh, hottest ink star. That brought my total nominations this year to 17, um, and which is crazy. Like I still can't believe that. And I, I didn't win, but I, it was a great time. It was a wonderful, beautiful night. Um, and then I just was nominated again for best ink star at why not. And I'm also speaking on a panel for uh, mental health and social media for them as well that week. 
So there's, it's just like, I feel bad asking the fans. Like it's been like a year straight of be like, Hey, vote for me. Hey, vote for me. And then all of a sudden, like this new award comes up and they're probably just like, Jesus Christ. But like, I, it's great. I mean, you can't complain about that. Like I'm so honored to be nominated and the, the why not one, there's only five people in the category and there were 2000 submissions for pre-noms and they only picked 120. So I'm totally just beyond grateful i'm speechless in a sense like uh, it means a lot to me to be nominated for these things it really does so i'm happy i don't know like i still have this weird conspiracy theory that maybe somehow just somehow i don't know i believe the fans vote but i don't know i just think there's some other thing to it i I agree with that that's just me doing my conspiracy crap i won't get it i think so too (laughs) no Uh, um, i yeah i'm there with you i agree (laughs) but you know what (laughs) whatever it is like nominations and ivan taught me this too is like he had over 100 nominations before he ever won his first award and like you know nominations mean more than the award itself sometimes because you don't really necessarily know how people are legitimately securing those wins right but nominations they are recognizing, you know, who is the, the elite in that in their class, like thousands of performers, you know, to be in a top five or a top 10 category in the entire industry, like, shit, that means the world, whether you win the physical award or not, like, obviously, a win is fantastic. But the nomination is equally as wonderful, because they're recognizing your talent and the work that you put into it. So I am just beyond thrilled to be nominated as many times as I have been. So, and we just finished all of our uh, pre-noms for ABN and Expos this year. And we've got some crazy, crazy projects. I directed my second movie in my series. Um, I did a whole, almost like another showcase uh, called Blackout DVD. And we did this weird alien series and Ink Motel and, so it's great. Like we'll see what happens with nominations for that. But regardless of that, like being passionate about what you do and putting out things that people enjoy is ultimately like the whole point. So it's nice to get nominated and win awards for sure, but it's nice to, to put out stuff that people like too. Yeah. I think that's the most important part. And uh, you know, awards and all those things, those are always political. We know that. Now- Always. What was this? I want to hear more about your public speaking because I think you're a very well articulated person. Um, that's why I know you're educated somehow. And I also watch two Russians in America. I, I, I like <laughs> the Russian accent, you know. Russian. The two Russians, yeah, well, that's Russian. very good, very yeah, sexy. Give, me, very give sexy. me green card. I give you. Give, vodka, vodka, give you pussy for green cards. Vodka. I give you pussy for green cards. Yeah. I, I gotta get with it. I, I could do it though. Now, first and foremost, uh, tell us a little bit about your public speaking events with mental health. And I do believe bullying on the internet needs to be addressed. I mean, it's I, I don't really oh, have, it's out of control. I, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm like whatever. Like I was I, I was around chat rooms and stuff. But something like August Ames never should have happened. That was really sad. No. And you know that bitch who said all that stuff to her had the gall to show up at Sapphire the week after with blood on her hands, literally. You know. Yeah. I don't think that was right, but tell us about I don't her speaking engagements. Yeah, she's trash. What was her? Uh, yeah, well, and that's yeah. unfortunately, you know, we I have um, 
stepped into this role um, of trying to humanize our industry because, you know, everything that you see and the people, the general population has access to, it's all misinformation. Um, it's outdated for the most part. You know, a lot of these statistics people throw around. And, I mean, and some of it's just flat out not true. And um, there's so much negative you know, regurgitated information and the stigma that's, you know, permanently attached to our industry, where you never get to actually see the positive side or the human side. We have families and we are human beings at the end of the day. And so, I, you know, I took on this mission to try to speak publicly to try to at least provide education at the very least and to have a conversation with people that oppose what we do and who we are. Um, and it's working, you know, for the most part, I've had some pretty big engagements with um, a lot of opponents of, of the industry and I enjoy it. Like, and people are always like, well, you know, you're never going to change someone's mind. Like that might be true, but at least I'm providing another narrative that often doesn't get talked about because, and I understand people's frustration where, they don't even want to attack it because it seems like such a monumental thing to try to do and it's defeating. And believe me, it's, it's difficult. I mean, as you know, it's incredibly difficult to do, but if we have the conversation, at least we're having it, you know, and it's pumping something as an alternative perspective into the universe. So people can make up their own minds that not providing education is what's completely detrimental because you have kids and young adults that are rooted in shame for how they have biological feelings about it, to not talk about it, to, um, it's a shameful experience. And that's where you start getting all these problems and all this, um, these outbursts and violent outbursts potentially like if we can educate everyone and at least give them an option then they can make up their own minds and they can and again it's a personal issue um i think it should be left to people's households but it's not up to us to police so i enjoy out of control i mean everything you see on social media we've unfortunately grown accustomed to have this evil animal integrated permanently into our lives. And, you know, the kids are growing up with the internet as their role model, as their parent, as their, um, their figure in their life that they look to, to model after. And it's so unhealthy and downright dangerous because we're out of touch with each other as human beings. You know, you're raising little sociopaths in a sense, because, you stick them in front of an iPad or, you know, they're learning from, you know, these video games and the violence that they're, they're seeing. And plus they're learning that your worth is tied to a bullshit perception of someone on the internet. You know, they're so obsessed with um, the likes and the following and what can I do to, and it's all bullshit. But no one's telling them that, you know, like they're so obsessed with it, you know, and unfortunately for our businesses, you know, it's it's a necessary animal. And even socially, like you to be a part of a social ecosystem now, you have to be connected through all these apps. Um, 
but the the danger too, especially for people like us, is when you get these anonymous predators that can hide behind a keyboard and they threaten you, they threaten your life. Um, they go and they try to ruin, you know, take your pages down and alter your business and your cash flow. And um, it's a very nasty, negative place. And for children, especially that feel so compelled to be a part of these things out of, you know, necessity for their social well-being, it's actually, you know, counterproductive because, you know, you if you're not getting 100 likes on a photo and your friends are, then you're psychologically damaging yourself and your worth is tied to these social media sites. So, you know, I think dealing with the consequences of what people say to you on the internet. I mean, I know that you I can only imagine stuff people say have said to you. People say horrible things to me all day, every day, but it's how you deal with it. So my goal in speaking on it is to try to provide people with some of the tools that have helped me. I don't know if it's applicable completely all the way around, but you know, I've learned over the years, one, I never really gave a fuck what people thought. So that helped. But you know, it's hard when, you know, you people will talk about your appearance or like in my case, my voice or whatever it is, the shallow, you know, low ball, uneducated kind of attacks that people choose to do. But, you know, for someone that's not used to being totally shredded by the public 24 seven, like we are, I, I can see where people would be tempted to kill themselves or to hurt others an outlash, you know, or, or um, Jesus Christ, like brain fart, you know, lash out because of those things. Um, so I think it's important that we start really addressing mental health tied with social media because as fake as social media is, the consequences are very real. And these kids are going to grow up in a world where they're totally disconnected from humans and exposed to nothing but, but violence and negativity and hatred on the internet all the time. Yeah. So I think it's important. It's serious. And like, if you try that back then, you'd get the shit kicked out of you. And I, like, I mean, I just personally ignore it. Yeah. I was, I was attacked by some Slobovian writer from Variety magazine. I was making a friend with one of my comedian friends. We were making a joke. Sorry, we we're making a joke on Twitter. And, uh, you know, a lot of people I think these days are uh, they get anxiety when they have to be in person to meet someone and date someone. That's what I'd much rather do. I don't use apps. I've been thrown off of almost every dating app because I've cursed people off because I can't Same. sit there and do this, this, this. So I got thrown off. I just made one joke that I was thrown off of J-Date because they found out <laughs> I wasn't. I said, is that discriminating a little bit? Because I, my first boyfriend was Jewish, by the way, but not Orthodox. And it wasn't making fun or fetishizing anyone. Yeah. All of a sudden, this writer from like variety or something she like attacks me i'm like man i feel bad for your husband i think she looked kind of like her dog to be quite frank with you but it was so they are usually she fucks her dog <laughs> but yeah so uh, as they do as they do yeah Weird. you gotta see the video um of course but yeah, so that's the, you know, so it just, it was so funny, but I just didn't care. I was amused by it, but people feel like they could say what they really want to on the internet and have mm -hmm. that free speech that we can't in everyday life. And this is what I tell people all the time is you have to really get information before you open your mouth to speak about something. I have friends who want to talk about politics with me. I'm like, don't say anything to me yeah. until you read everything out there 
And I yeah. mean, everything. I had a lot of misconceptions about climate change and I got this 18 page document like with real stuff from like a real scientist and it made sense. It's probably why my my power was out earlier. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I feel people are underinformed about a lot of things in life, especially Agreed. with the perils of social media. I didn't know August Ames personally, but you know, hey, what happened to my body, my choice? That's just my thing, you know? And it should be up to every girl who- Yeah, that's not with. applicable anymore. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> not to us. Well, anymore. and you know, <laughs> That's, you know, and unfortunately, like, you know, that all contributes to, there's a lot of contributing factors there. One is the industry that we're in. People think that we are not entitled to have control over our bodies because we're, you know, meat puppets for their entertainment, essentially. We're not allowed to have opinions. We're not allowed to choose who we work with. We're literally just, you know, little skin puppets, like for them to dictate what we do with our own bodies. And that is transparent in the industry. And God forbid, you know, in this day and age, particularly, without going into it too extensively, it's like the climate that we're in in these current conditions is breeding that kind of um, attitude and philosophy that if you don't want to work with someone, you don't want to have the, the power of your own sexual freedom and the choice to do what you want with your body then you're either racist or transphobic or whatever it may be that, you know, your personal preferences no longer are applicable because if you do so without being any of those things, you know, whatever happened to being able to have a preference with, you know, who you want. And that's an intimate thing. Like that'd be like us telling you like, well, then why don't you go fuck that guy down the street? Oh, you don't want to like, you know, it's, you don't have control any longer over like what you can do with your own body to some extent. I mean, you do ultimately have the choice, right? But the pressure is is there um, to work with people you might not want to work with. Um, and I think that that's dangerous. I think that a lot of these things might be good intentioned. You know, inclusivity is a wonderful, wonderful thing until it's not, you know? And when it's forced so heavily to some extent, like, you're actually creating more damage than good. Um, and you're going to create resentment. And those things are way more damaging than um, you're creating a problem that didn't necessarily exist in the first place. Um, I think that that's, the, and again, that comes from lack of education and people truly like understanding how people operate and how they feel about uh, like. If you're just totally making problems out of out of nothing, so it's an interesting time to be to be working in this industry. I mean, it's an interesting time to be alive. Period. So, but people are just you know the social media has contributed to that in a negative way because now every everybody thinks that they've got the right to share their opinions, which I'm all for to some extent. But it's like there are people that don't need to say their opinions like with that's let's be real not every person should have access to to a soapbox um you know karen from south dakota with three followers like no one gives a fuck what you think about anything you know um but it's it's damaging and it's given people egos it's giving them an outlet to voice their you know their misinformation and their hatred and all these other things that don't contribute positively to the world 
whatsoever. Like there's so many things that we try to change for the good in this world, but you know, the entire population has contributed negatively to that, unfortunately. And it's all because of technology. We just become so technologically bound that we can't even separate from it at some point. It's really sad. I mean, I, I was out yesterday and I saw a guy and a girl on a date and they're just there at the table doing that the whole time, taking photos and doing this. It's like if that's and what not you're talking, do, right? Yeah. Then stay the fuck at home, okay? Like you're lucky yeah. you're even on a date like... I mean, he's in literally his a real day. Yeah. Almost. It's like, who dresses like this? And you say something and you're oh, a bad person, yeah. which brings me to the next point with trauma that comes out of this. So when you try to force people to work with someone that they would not want to, that traumatizes their experience in the adult film business. I mean, I didn't exactly get to choose guys that show up in a fucking gangbang, but hey, a circus is a circus. You got to, I mean, it's. It's a gangbang for the people, but um, it's <laughs> sacrifices. It's for the people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just think that people are doing more harm than they are making this a positive experience. When you have to force, and this is goes out for a lot of you internet bullies, especially you stupid performers out there that are pushing people to sound like you're cool or so PC and so edgy or not. What you are is a fucktard piece of shit pushing your beliefs on someone else. Let them open their vagina to whoever the fuck they want to. Let them slide their cock into whoever the hell they want to. Like, that is the truth. And when you don't do that, it's as good as a boyfriend pushing a girl into doing porn. And that is what people fail to realize. I'm sorry, I went on one of my crazy no, that's again. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. It's beautifully spoken. I, I agree with that because... The thing is, you know, and here's the thing, a lot of one of the biggest arguments that people have against our industry is that they feel like women are um, not empowered. They're in victims, which I completely situations like that where you're shaming people in, in their, you know, into working with people that they don't necessarily feel comfortable working with, then you're creating that, you're breeding that environment. You're giving the opponents exactly what they need to, you know, to say, well, look at this situation. She didn't want to do that. And now she was forced into it. So now you are creating a problem that didn't exist. And now you're giving, you're, it's fulfilling the prophecy for the people that oppose what we do. Um, if you're creating traumatic experiences, um, and it, it's, so hypocritical in a sense too because if you're you know you should have ultimate control and my personal belief is of your own body in every way possible and that goes across every fucking you know little check mark it could cover in every way possible but how can you you know if you want to have access to abortion rights then why am i being told who i have to fuck and i'm not saying that this has necessarily happened to me um i I am very in control of who I work with and what I do. And I'm very happy. And I am lucky enough to not have had traumatic experiences like that, but I've seen it, you know, I've witnessed it. I've heard about it. Um, I know what's going on to some extent, but it, and it's not, you know, indicative of the entire industry and I would never put the industry under a bad light. Um, but I think that it's something to be cautious of happening too, because even if it's happening, here and there which things happen you know from time to time but it 
ultimately is going to backfire for one. And two, it's going to create a bigger issue for us than we already have. We already have so many problems and we're fighting an uphill battle against everyone that hates us. And you're now you're giving them this on a silver platter. So um, the scrutiny that we're under all the time, I wish people would contribute in a positive way and not in a negative way. And that just seems, every time we do something positive, I open the fucking you know, daily mail. And it's like, Oh God, what did somebody do now? Because you realize being in this business, you are an individual brand, but your we do matters and it's under scrutiny. So like when you're acting and behaving a certain way, you're a public figure, act like one, you know, you don't have to be mother Teresa, but at least contribute positively for your peers, for yourself and to this world. As a you know, if you, are reckless and selfish and self-fulfilling gratification. Get out of it. It's it's dangerous to the community within your community. Yeah, you're bringing everyone down, and um, in a way, like when I witnessed that whole August Ames thing, I was going to go down to Sapphires because I was in New York and say something. You know, because you're canceling someone with this bullshit cancel culture, you're canceling them because they didn't want to have sex with someone else that they didn't want. They just didn't feel it felt uncomfortable. And that's mm -hmm. not how you empower yourself. You're not empowering yeah. another woman. You're empowering yeah. her to probably do something and hurt herself. But that's it, you know. And yeah. I mean, I get traumatized on a daily basis when I see guys my age take their fucking clothes off. It's like, oh, God, no, I'm not sleeping with them. Yeah. You know, it's like so you guys much. out there, God. you guys want to like, you want us to look good for you, right? You want us to have perfume on, you want us to do this. Then let me tell you something, get your freaking ass to cool sculpting or the gym, not Pilates, because then you'll meet another girl. Um, you know, yeah, and you do the shit we have to do because you're right. It's just a different, it's a different age now for women and for men. It really is. It is. I don't know where it's Well, I feel go. sorry for some of the men, the these men. Like, I really do. And, like, I am very pro-woman. Oh. But it's, like, these poor men. And I tell, I mean, you know, that's, what like, my argument against feminism. I mean, there's a lot. But yeah. one of the biggest ones is, like, I would never, I have a son that I want to teach how to respect women, not be degraded and demasculated by them. Um, they're still men at the end of the day and they still are humans and they have, you know, they're more emotional than us. They just, they're socially required to suppress that. Right. So they already have enough, you know, issues. And so this whole thing about attacking men all the time is not being pro woman at all. Like I, you know, I think, and people are like shocked to hear that, but it's like, you know, I have a son, I have a brother, I have a father, like there are men in my life that I don't want to demasculate them. I want a man. I don't want a pussy little bitch, you know, and I don't want my son to be a pussy little bitch. So like, you know, I'm going to treat him with respect and I expect respect back, you know, and that's the same with anything. Like you can't just totally degrade a whole entire sex <laughs> to make yourself feel elevated. Like if it's truly about equality, then let's be equal. Like, Why does one have to be better than the other? Like, and I'm very pro woman, very, very pro woman. But I'm also like, are men that deserve to be um, not completely obliterated by women at the same time. So yeah. there is that. Like I, I basically say that women or girls, because that's how they act, 
are basically mm-hmm. emotionally castrating men. And, you know, guys are for, like your son, by the way, just for her, the record, her son is the most adorable thing in the world, but he's a, <laughs> he he's a little flirt. He pinched me. He my, I think he spanked my, it was cute, but he's very <laughs> well behaved. And you're so fortunate. Oh, and a lot of these poor boys, these girls go out there demasculinizing, making their wear man belts. Put your put your hair in a bun. Like we want men to be men, not this fourth wave of feminism where it's just so backwards. You know, Camilla Paglia said this. This is fourth wave feminism. And when you need help moving your shit, who do you call? Toxic masculinity? They are toxic femininity, just like Amber Heard. And Johnny Depp is yeah, hot. I agree. And his wife he is, is so gorgeous. Like she was so mean to his kids. That's what I heard because my friend yeah. by them. And it's so sad when people do that, you know, and we're all in this world. It's the same shitty sandbox we all have to play in. And you make the best of it. You did. I mean, you've been through a lot. And then here you are like an empire, madam, for Alterotica. You've made a name for yourself. I don't know what else you're doing with yourself, but what's next for Misha Montana, except for maybe her hitting me. Uh, yeah, okay. we'll see You'll what crack happens. me up. You're like, I have a breakaway bottle. I'm like, no, we use real bottles here. I'm not going to hit you with the bottle. I'm never going to do that. But I'm going to make the ring crew get a freaking hand. Could some fan please bring to the next XPW show in Pomona a handheld vacuum for the ring crew? That's all I Oh, want. yeah. Yeah, seriously. That's good. I support so that too. What is next for you besides from your featured? Um, I, you know, I'm constantly doing new things. Like every day there's something new. Um, I'm aggressively attacking a lot of adult projects that I wanted to do last year that didn't get done. So working on that, but I have a lot of mainstream stuff going on. I'm actually um, involved in, a mainstream project that I can't talk about because NDAs are involved, but that'll be exciting news soon. Um, I've got a documentary crew with me next week from Norway, which is really cool. Um, just like it's constantly elevating and changing. I, I'm, you know, speaking more publicly and getting those kind of opportunities. So it's a whirlwind all the time. Like it's constantly busy, but it's wonderful. And I think it's branching out in so many different ways. Like, you know, adult and wrestling and then mainstream stuff and then advocating and politically being involved and all these different things. Like, I mean, one of those things would be a full-time, it is a full-time job, you know, let alone doing all 15 of them all the time. But it's like, I love it. Like, I love the pace. Um, I don't intend on slowing down anytime soon. So, and then I'll be seeing you in Pomona, my dear, in a few weeks. No, it's true. You can slow down. And Norway is a great place. I lived in Norway for like eight years. So I probably know who your documentary film fi- filmmaker friends are. Oh, cool. I did a lot of things there. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a fun, oh, it's great. A fun thing doing documentaries. I think that's awesome. You know, I had someone offer me something for a miniseries. I said no, because no actress out there could ever play me. And people think I'm stupid for like saying no, but I don't think I was stupid. I mean, what am I going to do? Fuck up my life story? Because like, Someone thinks they're cool enough to be me. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Example, the Angeline. No, we can't be portrayed because no method acting can ever teach you anything. And that's coming from someone 
I take every method acting class out there. Uh, I do too. As a method actor, <laughs> a lot of it out there, but we don't. We never covered anything like that. Um, so you do the feature dancing. I used to have like candle wax on the stage. I let guys pour candle wax on me. I used to oh, so fire. tight. They wouldn't let me do it last time. Like I was trying to do like the shows and the cool like the you know the little poppers out of your pussy and everything, and like they wouldn't let me. I it was strictly like you dance. <laughs> They're not looking at the way you're dancing, baby. Trust me. No. Uh, <laughs> they don't give a shit no, about don't. the dancing. Which is apparent because yeah. uh, if you see me, I can't do it. So Obviously. <laughs> so what do we have? Like, Where can people find you socially and your social media? And of course, I'm going to plug it. Thank you, Mardia. Um, All my socials are at the Misha Montana, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, and MishaMontana.com, OnlyFans.com slash MishaMontana. All kinds of crazy stuff. We're on YouTube at Two Russians, One America. I have my own personal channel on there as well that's growing a little bit. So I'm going to start putting stuff up on that. So lots of crazy things coming for sure. And what about, um, what is it? Oh, your OnlyFans. OnlyFans is MishaMontana. OnlyFans.com slash MishaMontana. And do you have any intentions of ever getting back into politics again? Yes, I do, actually. Um, at some point, we'll see, you know, see what happens. I might even consider a run one day in the future. I don't know if that's a realistic possibility of securing a win, but I definitely would run for sure. So um, I still work in politics kind of behind the scenes, like, as a hobby more than anything. Um, but I would like to be more involved. I just don't have the time that, you, you know, you know, is dead. It needs to be dedicated to that venture. Um, but no, I love politics and that's, it was a hard choice to leave politics because I really did love it. It's just a frustrating beast um, in every sense of the word. So I would love to be back in politics one day. Maybe, maybe we'll run. Run for, yeah, run I was going to say that, or at least let me handle your um your campaign. I campaign, campaigns. yes. And let me tell you, I'm more corrupt than any politician out there. <laughs> You'll get in. You will, yeah. And this is, it's a you. really big thing these days. You know, I work on two political shows as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's a tough thing being able to have your mind heard. And it's sad that that's what it's come down to. The people, no matter what side you're on, your silence. But everyone just like what Misha said before is everyone needs to listen to one another. And get your facts, get your information, and don't bash people for what they do, what they think, or any so forth, and anything like that, because we all have to play in this filthy little sandbox called the world together. And you never know who you're going to deal with down the line, kiddlings. That's right. That's right. That's right. So see you guys in Pomona, those of you listening. And don't forget, someone just bring a freaking handheld back. and uh, Do it. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on the crazy train with us and look out for Misha Montana all over the world wide. See you in Pomona. Are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Please make sure to rate and review crazy train podcast. Take a screenshot, send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast, that's with a K, on YouTube for video interviews, 
and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content.